Good morning and welcome to Church Central West. My name is Pete Barks and I am a member at the church here and it's my great privilege and honour to be talking to you this morning. Now today's talk is, is a question really I want to put to all of us today. Is it worth it? That's what we're going to be thinking about this morning. Is it worth it? Specifically, is it worth it to follow God? We're going to be looking at Psalm 73 and kind of unpacking that this morning. Before we do, I want to say if you are not a Christian this morning and you've never been to church, then I'd encourage you to stay tuned because I think there's loads of wisdom from this passage for us to learn and understand about how we can live in today's world. If you are a Christian, then please stay tuned as well, because I think actually there's lots of things to encourage you here in, in how to follow God and why to follow God. So we're going to be looking at uh, this idea this morning of, is it worth it to follow God? And we're going to start off by reading the passage together. And so Psalm 73, and I'm going to be reading from the Holman uh, translation. So here we go. Psalm 73. God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray. For I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have an easy time until they die and their bodies are well fed. They are not in trouble like others. They are not afflicted like most people. Therefore, pride is their necklace and violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge out from fatness. The imaginations of their hearts run wild. They mock and they speak maliciously. They arrogantly threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven and their tongues strut across the earth. Therefore, his people turn to them and drink in their overflowing waters. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Look at them, the wicked. They are always at ease and they increase their wealth. Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? For I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. If I decided to say these things aloud, I would have betrayed your people. When I tried to understand all this, it seemed hopeless. Until I entered God's sanctuary. Then I understood their destiny. Indeed, you put them in slippery places. You make them fall into ruin. How suddenly they become a desolation. They come to an end, swept away by terrors. Like one waking from a dream, Lord, when arising, you will despise their image. When I became embittered and my innermost being was wounded, I was a fool and didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal toward you, yet I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterwards you will take me up in glory. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. So before we get started with, I'm just going to pray. 
Father God, we thank you for this psalm, Psalm 73. We thank you for your living word uh, in this passage. And Lord, I pray you will help us to listen to how you want to speak to us today, Lord, and respond to what you've got to say to us. Amen. Okay, so let's get into it then. This question, is it worth it to follow God? Now, spoiler alert, right at the beginning, I've been a Christian for 30 years this uh, summer and so I'm going to stand before you this morning and absolutely say that I think it is worth it to follow God. I think that God's love and I know that God's love has so changed my life over the years and I wouldn't have my life any other way. So I just think it's important for me to kind of make that clear this morning, that that is where I am coming from this morning as we think about this amazing passage. Before we actually look at the verses, a few things about this uh, passage. So Psalm 73, uh, in the Old Testament, it is a instructional psalm. So this psalm isn't necessarily about worshipping God or, um, or praise or anything like that, it's actually supposed to teach us. It's supposed to teach us about our relationship with God and, and how and why we should have a relationship with God. Um, it's also got a twin. So Psalm 73 and Psalm 37, if you look at them, are very similar and they're making very similar points to each other. So they're both wor worth a good read. Um, so... Let's get started then. So in verse one, as we think about this idea of the psalmist kind of leading us through this question, of, is it worth it to follow God? Well, verse one gives us a clear point. God is indeed good. So right at the beginning, the psalmist is saying, do you know what? I know that God is good. That is my starting point, that no matter what is happening, that God is good. And I totally believe that, despite all of the, the challenges and um, difficulties that I face, or I know other people have faced who are Christians, that actually I can say that God is indeed good. He wants the best for me. He wants the best for us. He loves me. He loves us exactly as we are. God is indeed good. So that's the starting point. But then... Just in the next verse, we see the psalmist saying, describing about the fact that he gets lost and he nearly kind of falls away from his faith and he is really struggling because he's looking at the wicked and he sees that they have an easy time and he just thinks, well, they have an easy time and they kind of have everything that they want and they have wealth and, okay, they die like everybody else, but actually they have a much easier time than, than me because they're just choosing what they want to do all the time and they're not following God they're just doing what they want why don't we do that <laughs> so I think what's really interesting about this is it reminds me of something that happened uh, a few years ago so I'm nearly 43 and a few uh, years ago as I turned 40 I was talking to a friend of mine a very good friend and I was saying we're talking about the fact that I've been working with children and young people for so long. And I, the conversation went like this. I said, oh, I'm just really worried. But, you know, perhaps, perhaps I've got to change. Perhaps I've got some of this wrong. So maybe 
I'm worried that as I get older, that I'm just not going to be cool anymore and kids and young people aren't going to want me to talk to them. I'm just not going to be cool. So maybe I need to change and kind of be cooler. And like, what do I, what do I do about that? And my friend just looked at me and smiled and said, do you know, I think you're going to be all right. I don't think you have to change. And I said, why is that? How can you be so sure? And he turned to me and said, well, Pete, you've never been cool in the first place. So I don't think you should start doing it now. And he was exactly right. Maybe my pride was hurt a little bit, but he was exactly right. Actually, I love working with children and young people and, uh, and helping them and encouraging them. And actually, it's never been about an image for me. It's never been about being cool. It's been about listening to them and investing in them and serving them. So actually, what's going to change? Even though I see images of, of people being cooler than me or acting in a different way, that's never been me. All I have to offer is who God has created me to be and the love of Jesus. And that is enough because it's enough for me and it's enough for anyone. So I think that's really interesting because it just makes me think actually the, the temptations of, well, what way should I go? Is it worth it to to follow God because actually maybe I need to have this image or maybe I need to act in a in a certain way and we kind of expand on this the writer expands on this a bit further uh, kind of from verse 5 onwards and we get lots of very interesting words here we get pride uh, we get gluttony um, and lots of words that he describes uh, that the way the wicked behave pride around their necks like a, a necklace and and these are the qualities that they live by and so it kind of made me think about actually yeah what does the when we talk about the world what does society kind of say and what's important in 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 society um and it i think a good way to describe this is how um how i would describe it is the two posters that I had on my bedroom wall when I was growing up as a teenager. Now, we've already established that I've never been cool, and uh, you'll probably know this even more by the posters that were on my wall. I did have one Star Wars poster. Yeah, again, not cool. Um, but the two posters I had on my wall growing up were this. There was one Garfield poster which said, it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. Okay, so that's one side. On the other side of the room, there was a very lonely sheep or mountain goat on the top of this peak of the mountain with some words saying, I'm so far behind, I think I'm first. And I think this kind of really well describes the, the pressure that we can uh, feel in life. On the one hand, Oh no, I have to I have to present that actually that I'm better than other people. Oh, it's hard to be humble when you're as good as me. Look how much better I am than you. Or on the other side we've got, oh, do you know what? I'm so terrible and I'm so bad compared to others that I'm just gonna kind of make it up and pretend that actually I'm I'm much better than I am, even though I know that I'm worse than other people. And what the psalmist, I believe, is saying here is that he's saying, oh, the wicked are having so much fun and they're doing what they want to do. 
and even today we get that oh you're not you're not good enough or we have to act like oh i'm much better than you because it's just this idea of deep at the center of ourselves there's this battle of we don't actually think we're good enough so we have to present something different so people will like us because people wouldn't like us for for who we are now what i think about god's love is and my relationship with god and the relationship he desires with all of us is god loves us exactly as we are he will never love us any more than he does now we never have to change for him to love us any more than he does and that is so freeing to know that our heavenly father loves us and that we are enough for him and his love is enough for us it's just so freeing and it's changed my life and it's so empowering so we're pretty much at the middle point of this passage now and i think as well we're at the center of the conflict within the writer of this psalm as he's grappling with this question of is it worth it following god when i see these wicked people getting to do what they want living against god choosing what they want to do and how they want to live well actually is it worth it because i can't really make sense of it he describes in verse 16 but then something changes so in verse 17 he says until i entered god's sanctuary then i understood their destiny so his viewpoint changes all because of of where he is so god's sanctuary in those times was a, a specific place but actually as Christians today, we believe that because God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us on the cross and to forgive our sins. So actually by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have God's presence in our lives and we can find sanctuary in God on a daily basis. And I think that's so important for us to hear because actually whatever you see other people doing and when we're tempted to live in a, in a way that seems to be focused just on gratification and just doing things our way that actually we're going to see now the massive change that can happen when we realize how awesome it is to be in God's presence how our mind is changed how our thoughts can be changed all because we are granted this gracious gift of being able to be in God's presence because now we see the writer heads more convincingly in the, the direction of actually do you know what i think it is worth it to follow god because he realizes the fate of those who follow the world this idea of those who are being wicked because actually if you are against god then that is going to have serious consequences that's going to mean living apart from god forever there's none of this restoring presence or, or sanctuary but it's important to add here that he says but not to let bitterness get in the way so no matter what other people are doing and we can get so surrounded and overcome by this challenge of uh, kind of competition and comparison can't we but he, the writer is saying it's so important not to let 
bitterness to get in the way of the goodness of being in God's presence. So not focus on what other people are doing, but to remember who God is and how much he loves us and how he wants to have a relationship with us. So as we head towards the end of this passage, I believe that the psalmist has got two more points to share with us about why he believes it is worth following God. So we see in verse 23, he says, you hold my right hand, I am always with you. The point he's making here is it's worth following God because God is always with us. God desires a relationship with us. So if we put our faith in him, wherever we go, whoever we're with, whatever we're feeling, God desires to be with us in those moments. And then we have this very famous verse in verse 25. Whom do I have in heaven but you? The only person in heaven is, is God and he desires to have a relationship with us. And I desire nothing on earth but you. Because he realises that if the God of heaven wants to have a relationship with him, then actually anything on earth, anything that looks good, anything that we might be tempted by actually does not compare with God and God's goodness. It's important to mention here that I know this passage is in the Old Testament, but it is so reflective of God's message of love to us throughout the Bible. So I've got some other passages here just to show us this. So in Colossians 3 verse 2, the writer says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. In John 17 verse 16, Jesus says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He's talking about his followers, his disciples. And this idea, just as the psalmist is saying, that actually we are in the world, but we're not of the world. As in God desires us to be following him, not what the world says. And then in Romans 12, verse 2, Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we can do that, not in our own strength, but we can do that because God's presence, as the psalmist is writing here, if we follow God, put our faith in him, God desires to share his presence with us. So there is one more point to make here. So the psalmist is convincing us that it is worth it following God because he is with us wherever we go. We can always rely on him. But now there's something else, something even better than that. It's not only is God always with us and we can always trust in him when we're on this earth. But unlike the wicked, as the psalmist writes, if we're not following God, when we die, that's it. But if we put our faith in the risen Jesus Christ, as I've talked about, actually, the psalmist is saying here, and bearing in mind this is hundreds of years before uh, Jesus was on the earth, the psalmist is saying, actually, we can live in relationship with God forever. Which is so such an amazing thing to be able to share with you this morning 
So in verse 24, guide me afterwards, so after I die, you will take me up in glory. We know that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will be with him forever and ever. And we don't know what that really means or what that looks like, but it means that we will always be with God. Even when our bodies fail and we die, like everybody does, we get to spend relationship with God in eternity, forever and ever and ever. Verse 26, my flesh and heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. I get excited when I get a refill of a, of a drink. Okay, I think that's brilliant. But this idea that actually this relationship, this restorative relationship with God, this rest that God gives us can be with us, not just now, but for all time, forever and ever, in glory with him in heaven. In verse 28, as he brings things to a close, but as for me, God's presence is my good. The psalmist starts with the idea that God is good and he finishes with the idea of God is good. I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. So as we finish this morning, I think we definitely answered this question of is it worth it? Is it worth following God? I believe the answer is 100% yes. Because... God desires to have a relationship with us. In this psalm we see that God wants to be with us wherever we are, by our side at all times. And most amazingly of all, if we follow him and we set our hearts on him, that actually, not because of anything we've done, but because he loves us, that we can spend relationship and be in relationship with him forever and ever. And that's why I think it is worth following God. So I'm just going to finish now with a prayer. Father God, I thank you that you love me and I thank you that you love everybody watching this this morning. And Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that if anybody is struggling at the moment with situations in their life Lord or, or feeling lost that they would just know you speaking into their life right now and that they would seek you help us all to seek you Lord help us to seek your presence and just know your goodness in our life each day we thank you for your love for us amen if anything has challenged you today or you think yes I do want to follow God. It is worth it following God. If you want to have more of a discussion, please go uh, to the Church Central West website and we'd love to be able to find ways to uh, connect with you and to talk uh, some more about this awesome passage and about God's love for you uh, in more detail. Thank you for watching.